Gracious Lord, we ask that you would speak truth into our lives, that you would help us to know, receive, and share more of your love in the world. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Today we are wrapping up a four-week sermon series that we've been doing, and I think the um, topic that we end with is an important one, and it's a great note for us to end on. If you are um, new with us and you've not been with us on this journey, let me just give you a quick snapshot of where we've been. We started on Easter just talking about how it's a new day of mercy with, with Jesus's life, death, and resurrection and what that opens up and what that does. And then we talked about how God's mercy is for everyone and how he calls us into his kingdom work. Last week, Eric talked about mercy and our failures and where God meets us and all of that. And today we're going to pivot because these sermons we've done so far have really all been about us receiving God's mercy. And as we receive it, he's already closed, but learning that that gap closes. And today we pivot and we're starting to think about how God's mercy flows through us into the brokenness of the world, into the, into the gaps in the world. And that it's, just, it's a different situation. We're going from receiving to talking about how it flows out of us into the world. And we're mindful about this, about how there is, it's sort of wired this way that there's a blessing as we do that. Jesus, in probably his most important sermon, what a lot of people would say is his most important sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, he has this place where he says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. This idea that as you, as you give mercy, you receive mercy. There's a blessing in it when we do it. And Jesus links these things together. The giving of mercy. And we, I mean, we receive mercy anyway. It's always a gift. We can talk about grace. But this idea that as we give, we receive. As we give out mercy, we receive. And we've talked all throughout this sermon series about what mercy is. That it's, that it's this idea that when we talk about mercy, that it's undeserved forgiveness unearned kindness that we receive. And today I want to expand it. I want to add a third thing to it, that that there's an aspect of mercy that is really love in action. That it's love in action and, and that it's not just talking about it. It's not just some kind of emotion and it's not just pity. But that ultimately this kind of love in action, this kind of mercy is compassion. And compassion is, um, Compassion is entering into other people's pain in order to help lift them up. And we're mindful that a lot of the Bible teaches us this, right? St. Paul, when he's writing his introductory letter to the Romans, tells them in Romans um, 12, he says, cry with those who cry. Weep with those who weep. Be willing to enter into the pain of others. It's part of what he's saying as, as, we, as we live this out. And it's not just pity, Right? Because you can think about pity, like pity is learning that your friend Joe has lost his job three months ago and you're saying, you know, to, to somebody who's a mutual friend, I oh, mean, it's so bad, it's so, such a sad thing about Joe losing his job. That's pity. But compassion is saying, oh, did you hear about Joe? He lost his job three months ago. It's so sad. What can we do for him? What, how can we help him? What, you know, it's, it's, not, it's just not only feeling the pain, going into the pain, but with an eye towards trying to lift up and to help. And we're mindful, as we talked about on Easter, how Jesus did this, right? Jesus had mercy with what he did. Jesus entered into our pain. 
he left where he, his sort of position of, of, of all the things he had and emptied himself and took on human flesh, came amongst us as one of us, dealt with the pain and the suffering and the betrayal and all the stuff that happens in our life. He enters into all of that in order to lift us up. And when we talk about um, letting this mercy flow through us, we're not talking about trying to do this to gain God's favor. There's a blessing in it, but it's not about trying to earn his favor. That's all about grace and it's just a gift. But it's this idea. If you go deep with God and you sort of plant a flag and say, I'm all in, it's that God wants to partner with you. God wants you to use you to go into the brokenness and the gaps of the world. And as you do that, you get a blessing. That there's this, this great power and connection as we do that. What does that look like? That's where I want to spend the rest of the sermon, just giving us some thoughts to think about on what does that look like. And I want to use the gospel lesson that we, that we selected for today in looking at this story about the leper. And as we turn and look at that story, I think the, the first thing is just to make sure we get some context with it, right? Because when we talk about leper, leprosy at this time, this was a common thing. I mean, it was prevalent. It, wouldn't, it wasn't uncommon at all. And it was a terrible thing, right? Because when you got it, there was a real sense in which it was sort of a death sentence for your, your being or your soul in a way, and I'll say more about that in a minute, and as well as your body. And I say the first part because when you got leprosy, you were an outcast. You were going to be put out. And you think about this, you know, Leviticus 13 talks about what the law says is going to happen to people who get it. Um, it says, the leper must wear torn clothes. Let his hair be unkept cover the lower part of his face and when he walks he has to cry out unclean 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 everywhere he goes you got that going on at the same time your body is going through all this stuff that's where it's in its demise it's a terrible thing and they were put out from all their social connections and support groups you were not staying with your family anymore you weren't with your friends you were put outside of the city that's where this guy is. That's where this guy is in the story. He's that guy that's put out that way. And he, he comes to Jesus and slides up to Jesus on his knees and says, if you will, you, you can heal me. If you choose to do it, you, you can heal me. And Jesus does the, the absolute unthinkable. Jesus touches him. That's the first thing that happens. Jesus touches him. And I wonder, just pause and think about that moment for a second. Because I think this is how Jesus comes to us, right? In ways we don't, part of the grace is we don't deserve it. Nobody does it. He gives us something that no one else does. This guy, I wonder how many years it's been since anybody's touched him. You know, for me, I think about this. A number of years ago, I read a story about Dr. Paul Brand. Um, he was a good friend with Philip Yancey. And Dr. Paul Brand was, there was a, a one, he was a guy that, that was, he and his wife were both physicians. They lived in India for 40 something years as missionaries and they ran a leprosy colony. And um, one of the people they treated at the end of his life was writing the story with Philip Yancey's help. He was telling the story. And this guy, I can't remember his name right now, was telling the story about what an outcast he was in the caste system because he had leprosy. And he tells this heartbreaking story about watching his daughter's marriage from inside his car 
because he, wasn't, he couldn't come close to everybody. And he, to, he told about the first time he ever went to the Brands Medical Clinic, how it had been years and years since he had felt like a human. And he said when he went there, they were the first people to touch him in years as they examined him. And he didn't have a place to stay, and they, let it, they had a place set up on their porch, uh, you know, screened-in porch kind of thing, and he stayed there. And he said it was the first time that he had the dignity of a human in years. And he goes on to find Christ through this experience because he sees it in what they do. But I wonder how many years it had been for this leper. And Jesus doesn't say anything. The first thing he did there was touch him. And then we read what happens after that. We get um, Mark 141 says that moved with compassion. So in other words, entering into this guy's pain, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I'm willing, be clean. It's this, this action of God's mercy flowing out and going to this guy and healing him. And the thing about it is, that's our call as well. Our call is to be agents of God's mercy in the world. And we're mindful that um, what this really is, is an aspect of, of mercy, is putting love into action. And I think about this today, you know, on Mother's Day, I think about how many of us have, been, have experienced a level of compassion from our mothers, right? If you think about compassion being entering into pain in order to lift up, how many of us can think story after story about moms who've entered into our pain, starting early on with our scraped knees to lift us up to all the emotional things, all the things that go on, how many ways that our mothers modeled compassion for us within the family. And then you think about God's call to us to see the world as a family. And it's that same model to enter into that same kind of compassion in the world and to enter into that. And part of our question then is to begin to think about before we can show compassion and enter into pain, we have to be willing to see it. And the truth is a lot of times we want to live our own happy lives. We don't want to be dragged down by seeing painful things. I was reading a story the other day about a pastor who was he was walking somewhere for lunch and he went to this place where there's, he was going by this park where there's a lot of homeless people. And this one guy was, was begging and he, and he looked at him and, and stopped and talked to him for a second. He said, I don't, I don't have anything. There's nothing I can give you, but I'm going to be coming back by here later because I'm on the way to the airport and I'll bring you something then. And the homeless guy looked at him and just said, thank, thank you for looking at me. That was his answer because most people don't want to even have enough compassion to see it. And how many things do we stop because we don't want to enter into the pain? I'm not going to get political, but do we even want to look at the situation of what immigrants go through? And would any of us do anything differently than they do? Or the homeless or the poor, you know, and how many ways do we not even give any thought to the poor and how welcoming we are or what we do? I've told this story before. I'm going to, I'm going to probably tell it every year, at least once about you know, sometimes I had a friend of mine, I, can't, I haven't seen him here today, he was coming, but he was, he was giving me flack about, why do you wear jeans, man, to, to church? And I'm like, well, I want everybody to know it's casual. But also because I'll never forget the story about my barber for many years, Paula, who told me the reason she didn't go to church today was because when she was a child with a mother who was an, um, an only parent, they finally got up and went to church one day. 
And when church was over, a group of ladies pulled her aside and said, you're not appropriately dressed. And they never went back. And so I want people to come and know you don't have to have a great suit. I'm glad if you do. That's great. Do, I, mean, I mean, it's great to honor God with, with what we do. But we want this place to be a place of hospitality and never let that stuff get in the way of people feeling God's, God's mercy. And I don't know if you noticed in this story that, that we read that um, Jesus reached out and touched this guy before he said anything. And I see in that a reminder to us as the church and as people who round the corner that if you get to the place where you say, I, I want to live this thing, I want to plant a flag and live for you, that we oftentimes have to reach out in the world and into the brokenness of the world before people are going to hear anything we have to say anyway. And that's what Jesus does on this thing. Before he says a word to this guy, he touches him. And I'm, I'm imagining, again, that guy's overwhelmed by that. And then he hears Jesus say, and I also think it's great that, you know, the question here isn't, can you heal me? This guy already approaches with enough faith to say, will you heal me? He knows he can do it. But Jesus' first step is to, is to touch this guy. And, you know, when he touches him, there's only two ways this thing can go, right? Either Jesus is going to become unclean and an outcast himself, or this guy's going to get healed. Those are the only two options going on. And, of course, he is healed. But it's that compassion, full of compassion, he reaches out. And we talked about it before. I think a lot of moms have modeled that for us. And I think there's lots of people who, whether they're moms or not, model that kind of motherly love in all kinds of ways. I was reading a story the other day about a woman who did this, I think, in some fantastic ways. She was a janitor at a high school about 30 miles outside of Atlanta at a, at a Tucker High School. And um, her name was Carolyn Collins. And she was doing the janitorial work. Her shift was she would arrive way, way before the school start opened in the dark of the night. And she was there cleaning, and she hears a knock on the door. And she opens up the door, and there are two, teenage, two teenagers out there, a boy and a girl. And uh, they ask if they can come in. And she's like, school doesn't start for two hours. And they're like, they're like we're already here. We know we, we don't want to be outside in the dark and all this. So she invites them in. And she realizes that they're incredibly hungry. She feeds them. And then she gets the story while they're eating that they're homeless, that they live in the car with their mother, and their mother has dropped them off early in hopes that they can get into the bathroom to clean up. And she's moved with compassion for them. She enters into, into their pain, and she helps them get food and all that. But she goes on, and um, with, she takes $200 of her own money, and goes and buys all these things that, that homeless people do. And she thinks about how many other people are like these kids. She thinks about how hard high school is for everybody, much less being homeless. And she got the administration to give her a closet. These are my words, not hers. But this became the closet of mercy. And so she stocked it herself the first time. And then as people heard it, they began to give stuff. And she had all the stuff that somebody who doesn't have anything needed pencils and socks and different things. In fact, this has been going on for five years. Now she's got some prom dresses in there too. <laughs> but what a great act of compassion. She went from this one event with these two kids to blessing everybody. And the principal of the school, this ended up being on an interview that was um, on the radio a couple years ago, um, says that she has such a giving heart. She's a beacon of light for every kid in need. And I'm reminded that when many of us are baptized, um, your parents or, or godparents are handed a candle. 
And a lot of times, different sayings get said, but a lot of times one of the sayings, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This idea that as we do these acts of mercy, as we enter into loving the brokenness of the world, people will see Jesus shining through that because it's this flow of receiving his mercy and taking it into the world, and it's its own witness. And that's what we want to be about. And I think that's the final piece as we talk about minding the gap, is letting that flow through us. As we wrap this thing up, <clears throat> I want us to think about where we've been and just, well, I mean, A, today at lunch, I know you're talking about, a lot of you are going to be at lunch with moms and different things, but as you think about your mom, if she's gone on, or as you're with your mom, just think about this. Where can you show compassion today? Where can you show compassion this week? That's part of what, if we plant our flag and we go with Jesus, that's part of what he's calling us to do. Let that mercy flow through us into the brokenness of the world. It's a, do, it's a new day of mercy. God gave us that. He calls all of us into it. His mercy reaches right into our failures. And he ultimately wants us to breathe in that mercy and give it out in the world. Let's pray.